Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 88, recorded on November 14th, 2017. I'm your host, Evan Minto. With me, as always, it's David Estrella. I'm your host, David Estrella, at sign QX20XX on Twitter. And with us this episode, we have got a special guest. It's Natasha. She's a, an anime blogger from the blog Isn't It Electrifying? And she writes for uh, Crunchyroll News uh, for their features. Hello. Uh, like Evan said, I'm Natasha. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Illegenes, I-L-L-E-G-E-N-E-S. And uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm just an anime blogger who unfortunately or fortunately has had too much time to play video games lately. Yeah, we love those video games. We love gamers, too, as we've discussed in our previous two episodes. Uh, so welcome, fellow Capital G Gamer, to the show. Hello, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're a, a returning guest on the show. We had Natasha on our uh, our Anime Expo episode on David's hotel room floor oh, a couple God. episodes back. That was a bit that of a shit a, show. That was, that was a very passionate um, and very vocal uh, conversation about <laughs> Anime Expo. <laughs> It was fun. And also, I believe in that episode, we talked a little bit about what we're going to be talking about this episode, which is Near Automata. Uh, we finally are doing it. I know we promised it. And then we kind of didn't happening. deliver. <laughs> yeah. I'm in shock. I'm on, I'm on the air right now, and I'm in shock. I kind of figured the episode was cursed. We were going to record it with our buddy Elliot Page, who used to uh, write for Annie Gamers. Shout outs. And yeah, shout out to Elliot, dearly departed, no longer with us. No, I don't, uh, he, he wasn't. He's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's not dead. And Elliot's actually still alive. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's not canon. Elliot is still alive. All right, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, we we uh, called in Natasha to uh, to talk about Nier, which is appropriate because uh, there are three people talking about Nier Automata in this episode, but only two game discs because I played the game that I borrowed from Natasha. Well, yeah, so. I technically only one because it's I got the Steam copy. Oh, that's true. All right, all right. I, I think I gave the game to Evan like three months ago. It was a while ago. It, it, it took a long time to get through. Look, you got to do all those different playthroughs, no, as we will discuss. Fair. Yeah, it's granted. It's it's got a lot of content, but yeah, no, it's 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 well time that you know I'm here and we're talking about it. And everyone has played it. And you're, you're also you really only games you could pick up the disc. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's actually that's actually true. I you know I didn't even know about this podcast. Evan yeah. just invited me. He was like, "Oh, we're doing a podcast. You're you're in it now. That's that's how it works." Three months okay. is fast for Evan. Yeah, it takes me forever to like play through anything or watch anything. So I was playing, it was for the podcast, all right? I do these things for you, the <laughs> listeners, all right? I spent all that time to get through Nier Automata. By the way, before we jump into the episode, yes, we do important. have to warn everybody it's going to be spoilers in here because it's like pretty much impossible to talk about Nier. Yeah, like in any real way without discussing spoilers, because there's all these different endings mm -hmm. and different playthroughs and routes and things. Sad and like, robots. Yeah, lots of lots yeah. of sad robots. It, it's gonna throw you through for a curve pretty early on and just not stop. Yeah, we we might throw a couple of warnings in here and there when we're doing we're talking about like really 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 late game stuff, but like just be warned, <laughs> you're, you're probably gonna get spoiled on a bunch of stuff. And with that. I think let's jump into the actual Nier Automata yeah, discussion right here. No bullshit. Just straight into Nier. Yeah, so I mean, I played Nier Automata, but it's actually the sequel 
to a game called Near, and there's a whole kind of world of like the this these interconnected stories made by the same creator Yoko Taro that I know very little about. So I'm gonna kind of leave that to you two as the resident Near experts to uh, oh, to educate say, me and the listeners yeah, I'm, I'm on what this is all I about. Say expert, I'm just I'm... a little bit more educated than Evan on uh, <laughs> <laughs> only on video so, games, nothing it's else. A low bar to set. <laughs> yeah, I. I personally have, um, a couple of years ago, I went through a very detailed playthrough of Nier Gestalt, which is the prequel to Nier Automata. Um, I have played Nier Automata. I have heard things about Drakengard, which is somewhat tangibly related to We're going to spoil Drakengard too, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're just yeah. going to end up spoiling, like, a bunch of old PS2 games and... Well, Nier is a PS3 and an Xbox game. And we're going to get into the differences between those two. Yes. Because they're I, very, they're very, uh, very intense. Yeah. I, I know enough about Drakengard and Nier to say confidently that Yoko Taro does not, uh, ha- does not create games where you enjoy yourself and have a good time. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's a okay. good way of putting it. <laughs> so what is Nier Automata, though? Because some of our listeners might not be aware. Well, my notes here says banging and violence. <laughs> Evan didn't see the banging in it. Didn't really notice directly a lot of banging, but okay, there was more... implication, the implied banging, I guess. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the man versus self conflict, where it's the banging is just, it's cerebral, it's in, it's in your head, it's in your environment. I'm into it's intellectual just, it's not banging. It's actually like... <laughs> actual banging it's just you know you've got robots named after philosophers like hello evan it's not supposed to be about banging on camera (laughs) i mean i was gonna go with two very horny uh but mainly sad robots is is the real it's a journey me of the game but yes there is a lot of it's just it's a very it's about sad robots Okay, okay, so basic plot is uh, humanity's died out or something like that. No, they're, ref- they're, they're, refu- they're refugees on the moon, and there's this unit of androids that are making sure that the Earth becomes inhabitable again, and then the humans will come back. And these robots are called Yorha, and two of them, 2B and 9S, they... Uh, they get themselves into a little bit of trouble with some, uh, what was it? The robots? The machines. They're just called the, the robots. The machines, right? Yeah. yeah. They're just called the machines, like gen- generically just the machines. The machines are starting to exhibit some weird behavior, so they go down to Earth to check. And what follows is 40 hours of insanity. That sounds like a really bad movie plot. <laughs> well, it's 40 hours long. It's Of course, yeah, it's not the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's um. You don't need to have played Nier in order to get into Nier Automata. Evan will disagree. I I, I say that as a yep. starting point. I personally think there is a lot more enrichment if you have played the prequel. There's but a lot. You can take out a lot more if you played the... Uh, the prequel, the, yeah. The, yeah. But yeah, you first start off as 2B, which is a female robot, and she is uh, sent down to Earth to... Um, check out once again some of these robots with some weird who are exhibiting weird behavior and she meets up with 9s 
who is uh, more of like a hacker kind of robot yeah. as opposed to like a fighter robot, which is what To Be is. So yeah, because uh, like the letters they stand for something. So like I I thought like, like classification like, right or something like that. Right. So I believe like nine S is like the class of robots that are devoted to uh, information and recon act- and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Strat- strategic play information hacking stuff like that um whereas 2b is more of like a fighter type so like i think she has like two blades she's more focused on extermination of robots etc yeah so it's a it's a platinum games title right and it has like a what i've been told is a similar gameplay style to bayonetta which i haven't played Uh, a lot of like hack and slash and stuff Bayonetta is like closer in line to Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. But well, I don't. I I don't. I haven't really played like this genre of game. So yeah. to me, it all seems pretty similar because it's like a lot of dashing around and you know just kind of jamming on these attack buttons and doing like some sorts of combos between them. Yeah, it's like, Do, like it's throwing like, people up in the air and then doing all these attacks. Yeah, on them. Like, yeah. It's yeah, very I mean, hack, hash and slash or hack and slash. Yeah, yeah. Of, call them like a hack and slash but it's more like uh like a diet metal gear rising combined with a lot of zelda gameplay hmm well, I, what, what parts of it would you say are zelda style like the quests okay oh, yeah. yeah it has like, like side the quest quests structure things. the uh, the um the structure of the actual overworld i know that they were selling it big as like an open world sort of game but it's not really that i don't know if any of you yeah i to that it I, does kind of feel like open world, but it's it's open world in the sense of being you can go anywhere within a series of large rooms. Yeah. yeah. Where each of the rooms looks like a, a city or something. Right. Yeah. It's like different arenas mm-hmm. in a really big environment. So it's a very big map, but I wouldn't say it feels as open world as like, you know, stuff like Far Cry or Breath of the Wild where... It's not like per, like a continuous yeah. world yeah. where you can kind of go anywhere within it. It's it's no. boxed it, in it's areas. Boxed in. It's yeah. got it's yeah. got like very specific narrow hallways that connect to the mm-hmm. big rooms that are essentially mm-hmm. just cities. Right. Yeah. But it it is a very big map. I mean, it took me a while to navigate through all of the the places and I think spoiler alert, in the game the map kind of changes in many ways. So, I guess in that sense yeah, that you was could a cool touch, it. though. Yeah, there's, that, there's I mean, a lot it, of... It made, it made it feel important when you're, you see your actual environment changing according to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also... You do a lot of backtracking, which, uh, yes. you know, kind of get <laughs> yes. into one of the things that I, I didn't super like about it. But I, I think that the uh, changing the map helps with that because it makes the backtracking feel a little bit less irritating when yeah, you when you're going through a a modified version of the area you're not just going through the exact same area all over again right you didn't like to fast travel evan i did i did but oh, it's also you didn't for a second no I thought you, were <laughs> you played the no whole game i used the heck out of the fast travel it, when it i could very helpful but but i mean i'm i'm kind of talking about the fact that uh there's the multiple playthroughs especially that second playthrough where you do a lot of the same stuff over again mm-hmm. and so at least having the map kind of change a little bit gives a little bit more variety to that. Although what would kill me is like I would the map would change, but then you would like lose access to some quests. Right. It's a it's um it's another Yoko Taro thing where it's like the, the there's a element of completionist or like it feeds into the completionist inside the gamer. 
And if the map changes and you lose access to a quest, you're totally blocked off for like hours and hours to even get back into that, uh, get access to that quest again. Because you were just putting it off for a little bit or like you did a little bit, but then you got distracted by something else. And that thing that distracted you ended up being like a major plot point that you weren't aware was a plot point. Yeah, that's one of the things I did find interesting about it is the... So it has these side quests, like some of them are pretty basic, just get, you know, go get an item for somebody and bring it back and stuff. But they have some some story attached to them. And it was interesting to me that they expire, which is not super common, I feel like, in a lot of, yeah. you know, in a Zelda game or something. And, and I could and, and there, there wasn't really anybody. It was, it was this was the interesting part is there wasn't even someone telling me there's a you know, this is a specific time when you know if you move past this point your quest will expire it's mm-hmm. just they they expire <laughs> yeah right without you yeah. really knowing about it you just took too long to do it and i did kind of appreciate that sense of it makes them more ephemeral because yeah because there are pockets of activity in on the map where yes there there are things in here things are happening and then there's a lot of just vast emptiness so you gotta be you, you kind of you kind of need that awareness of stuff going on without your involvement when you advance the plot. And then, oh, it makes total sense that I can't get access to these characters anymore because something happened to the map and now I can't get to them. Yeah, I, I definitely think like a lot of Nier's Automata's structure is about is constant evolution. There are, And a lot of it's not necessarily given to you in like the form of a tutorial it's something you just have to navigate for yourself, which is yeah. actually something I really appreciated in the game. It would be something maybe that would have irritated me in any other game because I definitely have a completionist mentality. Mm-hmm. I think Yoko Taro even kind of uh, makes fun of the completionist mentality because I oh, think absolutely. In, in the game, there's a there's a specific shop I think uh, you can access. I'm not which I'm not sure of which uh, which story uh you have to be a part of in order to access it but you can actually buy the trophies for the game using the in-game money oh yeah like the ps4 trophies Mm -hmm. that's pretty good yeah i didn't know that yeah Yeah, it's a secret it's a secret shop after i think you like beat the game or something like that yeah you essentially just have to talk to the right character and they will like they'll say like eh, i got i got this i got this uh neat thing but and then they're like they're talking around it but it's totally just buying the achievements yeah so i don't even know if you're allowed to do that there might be like regulations <laughs> right because <laughs> uh, on the on the steam version you can totally buy the uh the steam achievements i don't know if sony's got some rules on that yeah i i definitely know that there is there's a part of that so like he he kind of a lot of the game is about playing with your expectations of what completionist is and him throwing lots of curveballs at you for that. It's always always the little things. I think the thing you said about not explaining things to you Mm. is interesting because I I understand that that's something a lot of people appreciate about the game. Mm -hmm. But for me, that was one of the things that was really frustrating, especially early on, was this sense of being thrown into this thing where I'm like, I don't know what is important here mm-hmm. i don't know what i should be paying attention to what i should be really doing like it and it was hard to pin down what that was it felt like i felt aimless in a way that was not like fun for the first 
it might have been the first like 20 hours where i was like what's the point of this game right where is this going <laughs> <laughs> evan got hit pretty hard with the uh the nihilism angle yeah oh yeah i mean i guess the nihil i guess that like is is if the point there is to give a sense of nihilism then sure but it it didn't feel like nihilism it, it felt like a a game that lacked purpose mm. to bring up a game i've been playing a lot lately that has consumed my life but it's interesting because breath of the wild i feel like puts you in the same case scenario it just throws you out into the game and it doesn't really tell you where to go because that's kind of the whole purpose of the game is you explore the map for yourself you experience it for yourself there's very little restraint in what you can or cannot do in the game which is something i really appreciate about it because i by nature am a very kind of i like to explore in games a lot i like to kind of tinker around with things that you shouldn't probably be tinkering around with and seeing how they work and looking at at like architecture so in in that way i feel like near automata it gives you, it equips you with enough information to kind of understand what the scenario is. And then in a similar way, it doesn't give you as much information as I think you would need from any other game that would overwhelm you and allows you to kind of explore the map at your own pace. And there isn't a direction in that, but you will find things that surprise you and may add value to stories uh, you come back to in uh, subsequent um, routes, which I kind of enjoyed. I think the thing is, for me, it's hard to compare those two mm -hmm. games for me because mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild, to me, is a very different kind of game from yeah. Nier Automata, but it's that there's the map doesn't feel like there's very much... For me, I, I didn't find there was much in Nier Automata to like experiment with in the map. Mm -hmm. It was like just enemies, and then there's some quests. But right. like there weren't mechanics for me to play with or right. like things for me to poke at. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. I feel like for me personally, one thing that I feel aided the game a lot was the soundtrack. The uh, soundtrack is very good. Soundtrack. <laughs> I, I there's, I, there's a lot of things I'm not into in this game. I love the soundtrack. I like, ended up buying that thing. I was just that impressed. Why I, I had to have it. It's, and it's I ended. A I, I, I listened. I listened to the ending themes on my uh, on my commute in. And it was like just every every time those, those songs they just get me. I'm not sure which version I uh, I prefer. Yeah, like, I I've I've been a fan of of the Gestalt soundtrack, so I had pretty good expectations for. That's also Automata's. a great soundtrack. Um, and it definitely did not disappoint. But I think the the soundtrack lent to so many points where I would just kind of stop in the middle of what I was doing and kind of just take it in like so many of the ruins that are there i really love the the change of environments um so for example the city the ruined city in the desert as opposed to you know like the ruined highways and buildings and then the forest city which is completely different so i think there's definitely a sense of atmosphere and environment that i was able to appreciate between quests I'm trying to figure out how i would describe that music mm -hmm. Like in some ways, some parts of it remind me of the that opening track to Ghost in the Shell, oh. right? Like, that like, more like folk song, like yeah, like choral yeah. folk song type thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it has a kind of eerie. A lot of it yeah, is pretty got, eerie sounding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of eerie, like a little bit of dissonance. Yeah, it's very melancholic, I think, uh, but very beautiful. And one thing that I particularly like about the soundtrack, which lends itself to the game is once again, there are kind of layers to each track. So 
there's like the vocal version and then there's like the non-vocal version mm. and then there's like the 8-bit version from you know oh, right 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 9S. Yes. so like there are different like kind of versions of each track which is just awesome um yeah that's a cool touch too the the 9s stuff where I, I noticed that where you'd have the orchestral version playing and then so 9s can hack into enemies when you so in we didn't even get into this. There's multiple playthroughs. <laughs> yeah, multiple the, characters. Yeah, there's a point where you play as 9S and uh he can hack into enemies and when you when you do that, I believe it like picks up exactly where the orchestral yeah. track is, but mm-hmm. in an 8-bit version of the track while you're hacking them and then when you come back out it goes back to the orchestral one, which is like a really great little musical touch. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I like I said, I think the soundtrack definitely helps support so much that the world kind of lacks in terms of what you're saying, like interaction with other objects or other people. It's very, it's open, but much of it is empty. Yeah. But I think that's why having such a powerful soundtrack really helped with moving around and going from one location to the next. And great character art, I gotta say. The character designs are really cool, yeah. Like they've got this kind of, there's, there's an interesting, I guess, dissonance that's probably intentional between the the ruined mm-hmm. kind of industrial looking world and the machines which are super industrial they're these like kind of cylindrical like, pill shaped looking things <laughs> it's like it's like and then they're cute <laughs> robots it, those robots they, they almost feel like they were just generated like like some sort of image generator like what does a robot look like and it just cobbled it together they're clip art yeah we're yeah. fighting clip art robots <laughs> but they actually do kind of look like the android logo which is funny right <laughs> <laughs> that same basic shape oh my gosh but you know you contrast that with the the androids the yorha androids which have the, they like gothic lolita yeah you know, harajuku fashion like wearing people. like <laughs> just depressing black clothing all the time and, and, and they've always got like either the eyes covered or the mouth covered yeah mm. i thought it was like a super cool touch where it's like you can't really see their face all the way and i wonder like what does that say about the yorha units like why do they do that and they never yeah they ever really go into it like, yeah and, and at one point the the bandanas over their faces come off and i expected that to be a big deal but it wasn't like they just have normal looking eyes underneath yeah. <laughs> were you expecting them to have no eyes i don't know i expected something it's like why do they have the bandana they, they just have very like... beautiful eyes evan is that is, <laughs> yeah, can that you... just be it that can, can just can, be all androids can just be beautiful you know I, yeah, it was a big deal for me when tubi's blindfold came off i was like wow i think it was a sign of vulnerability right like, right right like obviously like they, they wear this kind of clothing to prevent themselves because so much so much of the the game is about you know these androids being forced to prevent themselves from exhibiting like human emotion. Mm. So, right, like, you know, constantly throughout 2B and 9S's journey, 9S is kind of a little more emotional than 2B. And anytime he tries to kind of exhibit that that human behavior, she's like, no, you know, you're not really allowed to have emotions. <laughs> he's, like, he's, if he's supposed to hide it, he's so bad at it because he's like yeah. constantly hitting on the operator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the operator is just like flat out, just like not, what the hell are you doing kid yeah like don't focus on your mission your mission is your objective <laughs> like don't talk to me um i mean that, that ties into something i thought was weird in the game and maybe you guys have more context because you played like near and stuff mm-hmm. but it seems like there's a lot of conflicts in the game that are 
from where I was standing, mm-hmm. like there's supposed to be things where the characters like take things for granted and then are provided with new information that changes it, right? So it's like these machines are just mindless machines. They have no emotions. We're just here to kill them. And then over time they discover that they aren't just mindless machines, yeah. right? But the I think I talked to you about this outside mm-hmm. the podcast at one point. Like mm-hmm. the issue I find is that almost and this might be intentional, almost all of those things like from the beginning they're very obviously incorrect assumptions mm-hmm. and so it doesn't feel like the it feels like the characters are all just idiots cuz it like yeah. they're not being provided with a ton of new information to disprove what they started well, with they just that like idiots it's the dramatic irony of them sure so maybe it's intended <laughs> to be dramatic irony you know they're going to get to the point where they realize like all like the sort of awful things that they've done over the course of the game but I, but it, it, I don't know. It, it came off as weird to me because I, I guess maybe I, I would have expected to be brought along on that journey with them, mm-hmm. like especially in a video game where you're playing as them. I would have expected to start the game with me no. being convinced that the robots no, are not, bad, right? Not like, in a Yogotaro game, yeah, Evan. In, like first yeah. of all, the beginning, the beginning of Near for the PS3. Natasha, you can back me up on this. Where mm-hmm. it's like, it is one little scene with a little bit of gameplay and then it shifts gears completely yes but but that scene is super important because it's always in the back of your head it's like what does that scene mean yeah um one thing i think yoko taro loves to experiment with and he does this a lot in the original near as well as automata is the idea of connecting or empathizing with the the character you're playing as but that same dissonance between like the 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 mindset of the character and then the mindset you have. Mm. Um, and the reality of their world. And That's the reality also, of the world. Or really just, I know, like, near, I think near the uh, the PS3 game hit me a little bit harder than the uh, than Automata. Oh, for thinking of And likewise. It. And I think really? it's interesting you bring this issue up because one thing, that was, that was very noticeable for me. And I feel like maybe if you have played Nier and you've gone through the the motions of that game you <laughs> the kind of ex- is right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the twists and turns of near are very similar or actually actually i say the turns and twists of near automata are very similar to near just all so the the big reveal spoiler alert that you know humanity has been dead for a long time was not a surprise to me because the end of Nier is kind of all about that. So uh, if that's a surprise to anybody at the point when it lands in the game, then I don't know how to help them. Right. Because like, it's so obvious. It's, like it's, it's almost it's, it's obvious. almost obvious from like the beginning of the oh, game. Absolutely. And then it becomes more and more obvious over mm-hmm. the course of the game until the characters finally discover. Right. So I don't think his tw- like his twists are meant to be like his he's never focused on plot twists. He's Not more about focused- shocking the player. Yeah, he's more interested in how those plot twists affect the characters and their interaction mm. with the world around them and the people around them. I um, think it's like a shock yeah. is cheap and it, like it'll go away after a little while. But then right. you know, like a thought, like an idea is going to linger for that much longer. It's like the ideas at the end of Nier Automata still stick with me. Like I honestly, like I was a little afraid of doing this podcast because I, it's just been so long. And I know it's been even longer just waiting to do actually do the podcast. And I'm like, there's so much of this gameplay is just milling about and finishing quests. But then I think about it and like those ideas that just that coalesce at the end. It's like, yeah, wow. Okay, so this was not like 40 hours of my time just wasted on a game that I can't remember. Right. Mm. That is a little bit how I 
feel sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not wasted because I got to record a podcast about it, but. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's totally fair. Like, I, I won't lie to you. I feel like my my thoughts and feelings about Nier Automata is that it was a, a very good game. I feel like Nier Gestalt emotionally impacted me more, but that was because it was my first first Yogotaro game. Um, and I kind of knew going into Nier Automata what to expect. But yeah, and I think that's that's why like the issue you have is something I I think I also kind of had, but it wasn't a bad experience for me. Like mm. obviously, I knew all of these things going in. Like yeah, I knew that you know humanity was dead, that like robots are going to have feelings, that these machines are actually not that bad. Um, I think they are supposed to be obvious to you, but the the magic of of the game isn't about the plot twist. It's about how. 2B and 9S discover these things right. and how they react to it, right? Which is a complete dissonance from what you know because you already know that information. Yeah, I think that maybe for... Like, I, I, I understand how that's interesting and I, I feel like I, mu I must have seen that done in a way that, that worked for me in the past. Mm -hmm. But part of the issue is maybe that, like, the, he does that for, like, everything in the game and so it makes me feel very disconnected from the characters <laughs> like it's one thing to have that happen sometimes but like when when i'm never along for the ride with them mm -hmm. i start to just be like oh, okay i'm just like watching these people from afar like i don't particularly care about them because i'm never like with them being like oh my god really right you know it's it's funny you say this and i i haven't played dragon guard but i do know that the first dragon guard game has that same kind of dissonance where apparently all of the characters that you play as are very masochistic, terrible people. And it is a very uncomfortable game or unpleasant mm. game because you are forced to sit through and murder tons and tons of enemies and you do not have a fun time doing it. But clearly these characters don't mind, but you mind. Right, and right. and that, that dissonance is a huge part of, of Dragon Guard. And I think actually Yogotar's philosophy on violence um, kind of reminds me of some of the discussion around The Last of Us, particularly the end of that game, which deliberately tries to set up this dissonance between what the character is doing and what some players would prefer the character did. I don't know if I should really spoil that because that's kind of not related well, to the Yoko Taro verse. It's a spoiler cast. <laughs> it's going to talk but, about everything. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm being kind of a little contrarian here because I'm the person who wasn't super into near automata but, but he's like, super into the last of us like, no i'm not i'm not actually super into the last the of us the the ending of the last of us like kind of kind of soured me on that game quite a lot so i had the same kind of issue there where they i would not have wanted to do what joel chooses to do and then i'm just kind of stuck playing as him while he does it and i was like this feels off uh, i think but i, I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys like mm -hmm. what the because I'm saying, like, I didn't really connect with these characters, but clearly I think both of you had a much stronger connection with the characters. So, like, what is it in those relationships, you know, with, with 9S and 2B and, uh, and uh, what's her name? A2. 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 Yeah. yeah. Like, their relationships and stuff. Like, what about that was compelling for you? Who wants to start? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so both of you. So, so is, is it is it that you want to fuck? That's a big question. It is a big question. Is it wanting to wanting to fuck two B, <laughs> wanting to be killed by two B? Like, what is, what are we doing here? Um, well, it's a it's a clash of expectations, and then ultimately seeing just a lot of those things fall apart and kind of 
trying to trying to cope with it and wishing for a little bit of personal happiness that's impossible for them to reach yeah i i definitely think that um you know i'm gonna keep coming back to near on this i i will be very honest i love the characters of near automata i love the characters of near gestalt one of my main complaints about near automata is that while it it was extremely good about its theme buildup i feel like it definitely left a lot to be desired for character development for the main characters. I will be honest about that. I think Near Gestalt focuses a lot more on its characters and there's a lot more rewarding development from there. Yeah. Cuz you don't switch you don't switch characters and you kind of play for the same amount of time. Yeah. Mm. You do have to replay <laughs> you have to replay the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you have to replay it and not too much changes. Yeah, I think it's like 3 or 4 times you have to play in Near Gestalt. And okay. there's only yeah. Like one or there's really only one other character you switch to uh, in Near Gestalt. But as opposed to Near Automata, where you are constantly switching between characters, but a lot of new characters aren't expanded on in subsequent playthroughs. So, right. for example, Adam and Eve oh are boy. a huge part of part one yeah. of, of Route A and Route B. And then you kind of just never really see or hear from them again. And I have no idea what's up with them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're the villains who you fight. Right. And this is, like, the thing. is like, you're fighting these villains, and I still have no idea why they okay. were doing anything they were doing. Like, it didn't really uh, make sense to me. I think, I think we need to, like, just invent theories. I think it's just supposed <laughs> to be, like, a typical JRPG boss with, yeah. like, an image that you can easily just attach mm-hmm. and expect that to be, like, the villain and even if there is like a villain above them it's just it's gonna be a bigger version of them right and like i once again like i think in near automata the characters are more of a stand-in for certain themes mm. or representation of themes that than they are of actual fully developed characters that makes a certain amount of sense to me because like i did feel like the themes were interesting yes but that the story that like wove those characters into those themes didn't work for no, me and that's, for a that's, couple different reasons. That's but, completely yeah. fair. And that that said, I do really like Two B and A Two and Nine S's interactions because as little as there were between, it's it's just it was the little moments, right? Uh, I personally have a very weak spot for robots developing human mm. human behavior. That's like a I'm just I'm weak to that kind of theme and i will always be weak to that theme so i knew like coming in that i was going to get emotional about this game and i'm like really into robot and ai stories i didn't i don't know it's to to like bring it back to like the meta i think it's because you have too much hope for the world evan (laughs) for me that's like lost all hope for the world it's like near automata just feeds into this awful feeling and it's like it feels good I mean, and plus and plus and plus. There's like who who's not horny for two B, and that's Evan raising my hand. Not horny for two B. Oh my gosh, <laughs> not even horny for nine S. Like okay, those also shorts, not horny for nine S. Yeah. Those shorts. That's that's terrible. I don't know how you could nine S looks like a 2B. child. That's a, I mean two B so, thing. So I'm not horny for two B, but that's acceptable <laughs> because she looks like an adult. I gotta I gotta say it's like I can never really gauge like is is nine S like supposed to be like an. He's, show, like he's Shotokan. Older, he's Shotokan, like, yeah. He's literally he's dressed literally like the original Shotaro yeah. that Shotokan derives its name from. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know people are super into 9S thighs. and I mean, that's not my kind of thing, but I will let you know that I am super gay for 2B, and she's awesome. and She's cool. She's... she's I'm, not... I'm doing the... Not uh, the 
the okay emoji right That's now. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's also known as the okay hand sign. The okay hand that sign. They ended up making an emoji out of. Right. It's not of the, really the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, 2017. You know, like there's there's not not a lot of love for A2. Yeah, maybe I kind because of she's on in the game for like two hours. I actually yeah. think A2 is more interesting than the other two. In a A2's lot of ways. cool, but she's like just yeah. kind of 2.0. Yeah, she's very Sundere. I and I mean, hey, she's very rude. She, yeah. she is rude as hell. Oh man, yeah, that A2's part got when she kills two B. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Spoiler alert! I guess <laughs> so, we should we should probably talk a bit. No, we don't need to spoil necessarily that kind of stuff. I don't know. Just like, case, you know, I'm thinking like really late game stuff. Just like careful about spoiling that. But uh, I didn't expect it to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So we should talk about the the fact that there's these different routes because we're kind of alluding to that, but we haven't gotten into the details. Mm-hmm. So like, you play through once as two B with nine S, like occasionally as your your. Your buddy. Companion or whatever, like AI companion that helps you fight a little bit. It doesn't, they don't really, the AI ones don't yeah. help you that much. You have to do most of the work. You have to do it. Yeah. And uh, then you play through the same basic story again, but as 9S and like a lot of the missions are the same, but on, at the points where the two diverge, you play the 9S parts instead of the 2B parts and you learn some new stuff. Because, like, 9S was doing other things and discovering other things while 2B was, you know, while you were fighting some boss mm-hmm. as 2B. There are certain bits of information that are relayed to you as, as 9S that you did not get as 2B that uh, kind of give a different perspective on on what you're working on. So any um, enemies you're tackling. Um, I think one in particular was the opera robot, right? Oh, yeah, you get more of the story of the opera robot. Right, later. as 9S, as opposed to 2B when you just go ahead and mow her I, down. I think that I... So, for for me, as, like, that near hater, by that point, I was already kind of, like, losing patience in the game because oh, at really? the end of the first playthrough, I was like, so that, that was kind of tedious. I wonder if the rest of it is going to be better. And I was like, oh, I have to play this again? Yeah. But <laughs> the the concept of playing through the game again from a different character's perspective, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, games sometimes do it where it's like, play through the game again, but just with a different character model right, or something. Right. Like, it's interesting that you, like, play through the same story with a different perspective. I, like, appreciated that idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate having to play through the same missions again. Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciated the concept. How much how much can you expect from like a little tiny development team that had like what a million dollars? Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess it was produced on like a relatively was, small budget, yeah, it was right? Yeah. Produced on like a tiny budget. Yoko Tar does is not known for making smooth <laughs> games. I, he he was on like he wasn't he like unemployed before he did this. Yeah, I think he was just drinking and having a sad <laughs> just thinking about life. Can we being can sad. we talk about Yoko Taro for a little bit? Yes. Because it's apparently Wait, 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> I feel like we should recap the the rest of the routes. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, okay, okay. We were no, about that's to go fair. On a that's fair. We can't. Evan, we can't I will allow you to finish the routes, and then we can talk about Yokotaro because I feel like it, it, it okay. ties in. So we yes. covered A and B. Right, and now, then C is. Let's see which one's C. C is when. Oh, uh, C is the oh, crazy last part. C, is, C like picks up and continues. C from is where, where the game leave. actually began. So like in <laughs> A and B, people are thirty hours in. Yeah, A and B are considered like the tutorial routes, and then like C is actually where like. The the title like shows up and you're like oh shit like this is this is like where the game is going yes. down and it goes down it goes uh, really down it goes it just doesn't stop it's nightmare fuel 
um, and you you play as two B, and uh, just a lot of crazy stuff happens. It's wild. Yeah, wait. So it's it's basically you play as two B in the aftermath of the end of like of like routes a and b a and right b, so they've, right. they've finished mm-hmm. so now you're it's weird because it's called a playthrough but you're not mm-hmm. actually playing through again you're yeah. playing a new section yeah of the this, game, is, this is right? new this is now like in so, the same yeah. locations though yeah i think yeah. it's only called a playthrough because they open up the uh select mission right. feature mm-hmm. yeah which is great i believe c is where you cannot do as many side missions or side quests that you can yeah a, b. you're you're a little bit on rails until d yeah um, and then basically Partway through that, C is just C wait. is just exhausting. C does stop. Does two B die in C? Yes. And then you play as A two, who's another play, robot. And then you play as nine S, who's A two is like a deserter, which is part of why I think A two is more interesting because A two mm-hmm. just has like some contrast and right. has made a decision to do something very different mm-hmm. from the other characters. Right. So you uh, play as A two, you play as nine mm-hmm. S, and then oh right, you do back and forth A two nine S within yeah. that route. And you just you just keep going back and forth, and then D and E depending are are the are c concludes at a certain point and then d is one part of that ending and then yeah, e you, is the you other you pick two different options yeah. for the endings you yeah and then at e there's an ending to the ending and if you navigate through that successfully uh you are rewarded with a with a specific ending cut uh cutscene yeah and that which evan didn't get <laughs> oh wait really oh yeah what? All, right. all right so let me tell you a story big spoilers for the very 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 end of the video evan, game what? so uh, i found evan, a crazy well, so, easter so egg i found a crazy easter egg in this game that was that this will be our transition into talking about yoko taro <laughs> okay okay hit me up because i because... honestly have no clue how you did not do the ending of EV. okay so spoilers again for anybody <laughs> listening so at the end of the game you have the uh the credit sequence where the, it's a playable credit sequence thought that was an interesting idea um so it's like you are it's basically because the game has these bullet hell segments so now you're like playing in like well the, the hacking segments yeah, are kind like of bullet hell. But yeah and so you're like doing credits. this shooter where the enemies that are shooting out all the bullet hell bullets are the the credits themselves mm-hmm. and they're like floating around and you have to shoot them and then while you're doing that there's a bunch of like you're given choices to like give up or not this is like the nihilist thing didn't totally connect to me because by this point i was just like fuck fuck this game i I was kind of just like i want to just get through this game i I was also in the same mentality i was more like i'm so emotionally exhausted just let it end let it die (laughs) yeah i was not emotionally exhausted i want to like go lie down on my bed for 10 hours and cry so let's just finish this hurry it up right Uh, so so anyway i'm just kind of like all right all right just get me through the get me through the thing okay 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 and it's trying to send give me a message about not giving up and yeah uh having hope in life or something right uh <laughs> clearly all of this like it, emotional because you already like, had it evan you had I, it in you all along because you, you, you i already the have true, the hope you didn't you need are it the true yoko taro i guess uh so so anyway i get to the end of that thing and and there's the there's the oh, right there's the thing where it's like you get saved because mm-hmm. you basically can't maybe you can like win yeah but so it's people, really like, really hard to win data right, to you. without the people lending the yeah data. no yeah. it's it's like almost impossible and so, yeah, people are, like, lending their data to you, so it's basically you're getting, like, these additional... Like, spaceship yeah. in the form of data to help you defeat the end credits. And, and the then data is their save files. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, then you, get, then you get to the end, and then you get to choose, because they have their custom messages that they send, so you get to choose a custom message to send. Yes. 
And then I guess what usually happens... Well, first you're, you're given the option. You're like, oh, you can choose to continue. You have your save data. Fantastic. Go. You can go back to the game, complete everything, whoop-de-doo. Or no. you can sacrifice... No, 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 no. This is the thing. Everybody forgets this. You choose the message to send first. Oh, you and do? And then okay. after you choose the message, it asks you... Oh, do you want to... Then wanna... it gives you this big choice yeah. of like whether you want to... To do what you were saying. Or like, like, or sacrifice all of your game save data to be another tiny spaceship that could potentially help someone else right. at the end of their game. So it's this like self-sacrifice of right. like helping someone else, like paying it forward. Interesting idea. Very much in the vein of uh, Near Assault, which is also uh, a big twist in which you have to erase all of your save data to do some selfless sacrifice. Right. But yes. So... I understand the symbolic nature of it. I, I found that like doing that at the end of the game was a little bit uh, a little bit like it just it's like I'm not going to play it again anyway. And oh. like, you know, it's just it didn't feel like it had a lot of impact. Mm -hmm. But that was only when I eventually went back to get it, because the first time I played through the game did not get that option. Wait, you did at all. I went I, I went <laughs> straight through, just brought me back to the title screen. And people asked me on Twitter. They were like, what'd you choose at the end? I was like, what do you mean? What did I choose? I just, I finished the game. What, what, there's like a choice. Are you serious? <laughs> and I looked it up and I was like, wait a sec. I never saw that option. Did I like miss it? Did I just like skip through the dialogue choices too fast? And I went back and tried what I did again. And as I suspected, because I checked both ways, when you send, when you choose the message to send, mm -hmm. if you choose to send the message, because you get to choose these three things, like right. it's tough. But, but you, uh, you're, you know, keep, but keep hope so, and you'll eventually win or something. Yeah, these three parts yeah. to the message. You can choose for the second one. This game is crap anyway. And if you pick that, you don't get the choice. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I picked because I was like, I mean, I was just trying to be cheeky. I was like, oh, that's funny. Oh I can pick God. that. There are like 50 <laughs> choices in that thing. How did you choose? Because I was just running through. I was just reading them because I was like. that one. I of thought it was funny. That they, they had some like cheeky, funny options. Oh and I was like, God. oh, okay, well, that's a funny one. I'll do that. And also, I don't like the game that much. I don't hate it, but I was like. Yeah, you oh, thought um, you were owning the game, but yeah. the game owned you. But the you. game owned you. Okay. Yeah, that's very Yoko Taro. I, the thing is, like, that's another thing I have this mixed feeling on where I'm like, that's pretty funny that you did that, Yoko Taro. <laughs> But like, I mean, it is a weird thing though. If if the choice is supposed to be important, that you would just make it disappear based on an arbitrary I think, decision. I, I think well, I if, mean, you if you even cared to... like one iota about the game, you would not choose that one. You choose one of like the other fifty choices yeah, in the list. Th th there are literally fifty other choices of it's tough. Um, like, it's like man, not even this game unfair was at all. Yeah, I was like, man, this game was really hard. I think like mine was like, oh, like this game was like hellish to survive but oh. i managed to like do it so you can too right, but it's funnier to say that the game is crap yeah, in, in <laughs> yeah but you don't want to see that when you're like sacrificing your ship yeah because because when you're when you're you're losing your lives and all these characters or these, these save data in the form of of little ships are aiding you and they end up getting destroyed by the evil end credits they send that message to you. They're like, oh. Yeah, it's going to cheer them up. Because they're like, you gotta, what a funny message. No, you got to send no. a message of positivity so that said, they don't like, give up. Yeah. If okay. someone said, this game is shitty and you suck, I'd be like, fuck you. I didn't like, say they suck. I said the game is crap anyway. But also, <laughs> th this is probably like, 
proof that, you know, if I'm trying to, like, console a friend whose grandma just died, yes. I would just make jokes. So like, you're basically, Yoko, you're basically Yoko Taro. <laughs> you're one Yoko Taro going, giving his message to the other Yoko Taro. I'm just a, I'm just shitty. Look, I'm just emotionally stunted, and all I know how to do is make jokes. I mean, and that's totally like, fair, because Yoko Taro <laughs> is the exact same way. In fact, I think, like, in an interview... He was like, yeah, I wanted to, like, kill all the characters really quickly, but they didn't allow me, and I had to, like, go through some more, story, like, writing to, to like, get the story I wanted, because I really wanted to just kill them all. You should hang out with Yoshiki Tomino. I, I was just like, wow, all right. Like, Yogotaro is a pretty interesting character. Uh, he, sometimes, I don't know how he's a real-life guy. He's, he's Well, the truth quirky. is that he's actually, he's actually Kamiya Hideki. Oh. In disguise. Of course. Joe, and bayonetta that's my that's my uh favorite theory yeah yeah he i mean he wears he wears a giant uh emil does he wear the mask he wears it all the time really mm-hmm. he never he doesn't feel comfortable apparently um showing his face in front of public well wow, that's just like sayamura except she just wears normal sunglasses, sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> everybody does the sunglasses look nobody else can pull off the emil look like yeah. uh yoko taro there, there's a very diff- there's significant well, wait, difference wait, wait, wait. between sunglasses and wearing a giant moon-shaped head. hold on somebody can pull off the emil look and it's that antifa was it antifa no it was the was it the halloween costume Oh, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, it would be funny if it was Antifa, but it was, I think yeah. it was a Halloween costume. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah. What? <laughs> there, was, there was that, do you see that? There was the photo of like a Halloween parade on oh, like yeah. some the newspaper guy was and a fr- front and center was someone wearing an Emil mask. Yes, I do remember that. So Emil awesome. is like the moon looking dude. Yeah. He looks like the moon from, uh, from Majora's Mask. Yes, he's... <laughs> He's a good boy. He's a good and pure boy. Which, and once again, Emil is one of those characters you meet in Automata. There's like a secret mission you can do to, uh, that's like Emil focused. But once again, he's one of those points I feel in the game um, that you won't appreciate as much if, unless you've played the original game. Because Emil is a yeah. really big character in I the did era. not know who he was. Like, didn't know why he was there, <laughs> no, that's totally why it fine. matters. Um... Yeah, Emil is a really, really interesting character. A very tragic character in the first game. Um, he's just basically, unless there's something going on in the in Automata that I missed, mm-hmm. he is just a shopkeeper who's got like a wacky thing going on. He is much more than a shopkeeper. Unfortunately. I, I know in the story, <laughs> in like the original story, he is. Does he become more than just a shopkeeper in Automata? Does he have a quest that does? Uh, more stuff with him well yeah well he had all the backstory yeah there's a backstory the i don't think i got the <laughs> he backstory fought the war. Oh, he like yeah did you find did you find the heads in the desert no <laughs> so so meal is a character in near gestalt who accompanies our our main characters on their quest um and he he's this like he's this very shy boy who's very lonely has a lot of you know confidence issues and Basically, in the end of the game, he, spoiler alert, uh, ends up sacrificing himself to uh, help the cast move onward in their quest. But he, the way he sacrifices himself is very tragic. He doesn't want to do it. He's terrified. It's it's, it's so tragic until you get to like one of the other endings. Which yes. is the bonus part. <laughs> There's like this. And then like in one of the very bonus last endings of Nier, it's revealed that he's actually alive in the form of a, of a head and he's just a goofball he's, yeah and then i think and then in automata it's hinted this which happens many 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 years after near just thought 
that Nier fought, uh, not Nier, Emil fought in the war against uh, the machines. And um, what he ended up doing with his magic is he like cloned himself multiple, multiple times. But in doing so, he forgot who was the real, like real Emil. And he ended up forgetting like almost all of his memories of his friends from the original game. So uh, a lot of the side quests you do that are focused on Emil have to do with him trying to remember who his friends are and why they were like so meaningful to him. Mm. And eventually in like one of the very like specific rare quests of the game, uh, the last Emil quest is like if you collect all of the weapons or something like that, there's a quest you can do where you end up killing Emil because he wants to die because he's sick of living for like ever and you kill Emil. In automata. In automata. Okay. Yes. He is like level 100. Yeah. Or something like that. Well, it's you like, fight him, he's a boss. I, when yeah. I, yeah, when I fought boss. him, when I fought him, it was like, the very last thing I did in the game, I was like level 60 or something. Oh and my I gosh. just could not make any, I couldn't make a dent in that health bar. It, yeah, I so at that point I gave up. Game. Yeah. That was the point where I said, I can't grind for 40 more levels. I gotta walk away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a I, tough one. I felt kind of like that in a lot of the boss <laughs> fights. I got a little frustrated at a lot of the, the I don't know, the, the boss fights were either like, but the, the fights in general for me were either they started too hard mm-hmm. and then they got too easy mm-hmm. and then they were like too hard again. Mm-hmm. And I at no point felt like I had built up any kind of skill at it. I was just like jamming on buttons. Being yeah. Like, why don't why haven't I won yet? What's going on? There was a bug in, I think, was it A or B where I ended up killing one of I don't know who it was, Adam or Eve, and their body was just there and the game didn't progress. And I was so mad. Oh, that's one of the secret so endings. <laughs> I was like yeah. so angry because I was like, I just spent like two hours just like right. trying to fe- fight this guy. So yeah, no, I, some of the, the I, I I would definitely agree with you on the the complaint that uh, Near Automata is very inconsistent. It's a very it's incon- buggy too. And I mean, very I, buggy. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about you guys. I, did, I, I, I bet this is just me being bad, but I found that like, or me being not familiar with that kind of like hack and slash game, mm-hmm. but like. The mechanics never felt smooth to me. Like it always felt like it always felt like it wasn't doing what I wanted it to, and I couldn't figure out how to get like the characters yeah, to move the way bad. I wanted them to. Well, if you started your gaming career on Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> I'll have you know that yeah. it felt very oh, smooth man. to me. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like Kingdom Hearts. I was just okay. like, okay, I'm just jam this button, and I'm just gonna. All because you know. a lot of a lot of games are like that. Like yeah. the truth is that Yokotar is a guy that likes video games, even if his video not games me. do not like you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like video games. He he does not. Yeah, like in all in all, like can you say? I I think there's a difference between saying Near Automata is a great game that I enjoyed playing and like. Near Automata is a game I had a fun time, like being happy and, and like, man, you know, I'm partying with these robots. Like, I'm having a again. fantastic time mowing down these machines. It's great. Again, yeah, it's just, again, like, Automata has just been a gift for me for what it reveals about Evan. Yeah. Anytime that he wants to talk about it, it's the it's a, a video game Rorschach test. It, it it literally just tells that you are you have Yokotaro's mindset, and that's probably why you. I'm too close. Like like Yokotaro made a Yoko game Taro. that only non Yokotaro's can enjoy. Exactly, because because Yokotaro spends half of his time thinking about the sad realities of life. I mean, you saw? Did you see his tweets on Animal Crossing? No, I don't okay. follow him. <laughs> okay, so so Yoko Taro. I see people retweet him sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he downloaded the new Animal Crossing mobile game, right? Yeah. And 
his tweets on it are like some of the most interesting and depressing tweets I've seen on an Animal Crossing game ever. Like Animal Crossing is a really happy game. You play as like little animals. You like you make your house and and you. And it you turns out friends. the animals actually have feelings. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're 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 actually interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's the twist. Well, like he compared it to like like class divisions. In, oh wait, like, I'm into that. Okay, cool. He was like, oh, like, is Yogotaro a socialist? <laughs> I mean, well, he, basically, he says, oh, like you know, one of one of the animal friends. I like I in the game like he meets up with like the mayor or like another dog friend and the dog guy says oh like if you get me like 10 apples or 10 beetles like i will give you some prize and he's like oh it's basically like class divisions in society like you basically do slave labor for things that are already in front of people oh that is totally <laughs> like some marxist yeah and so i'm just like slavery stuff <laughs> i'm just like dude this is just a fucking animal crossing game the best thing is when he confronts tom nook Oh, I think oh, I might have I, seen that tweet. Tom yeah. Nook is like the landlord of landlords. Oh my god. I yeah. don't think I saw that tweet. I just saw that one. I was like, God damn it. Yeah, Tom Nook is the bourgeoisie. Oh my god. Yeah. So basically like, I think, yeah. Yoko Taro plays a cute furry game about animals and this is what he thinks about. So and I mean clearly you probably would think the same thing. So I'm saying <laughs> I would. So basically Yoko Taro I, I understand people connecting with this sort of nihilism and like Mm-hmm. No, it's not a complete pessimism, but like mm-hmm. people be these characters being like depressed fatalistic, yeah. and fatalistic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, that never connects for me. And that's Maybe it's just like, I haven't been as like, I, I haven't been depressed enough to like I, I connect with it. I think a huge part of it is also because a lot of these people who ended up playing the game, A, did, came in not knowing anything or expecting anything. Mm. Or B, have played a lot of other games that are just not like Nier Automata, right? Like, I think we can all say at one point that whether you like it or not, Nier Automata is not like many other games. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a very different kind of game. And I think people were really surprised when a game that of, of this caliber exists, but is is so uniquely different than like any typical AAA game, right? And I mean, you, you can say like, you know, there, there are plenty of games that are very different, but I think not many games give you that heavy dose of nihilism and fatalism like actually i just i just remembered it reminds me of my response to like madoka yeah like it, it's like how people i wouldn't right. say it's exactly the same as madoka but no like, no no but it, it reminds it me evokes of a, a similar reaction where people are like wow like i came into this game expecting like just you know murdering robots because that's kind of what it was displayed as you know like some of the ads for it were just like oh you, you go around and you play this really good-looking, kind of horny-looking female character who slashes up robots. She doesn't look horny. People are horny okay, for well, her. Okay, she, well, she's, she's very sexualized. Yes. And and you get to murder robots. Like, that seems like the perfect power fantasy. Like, right. And people went into it, and then they completely got wrecked because it's not a power fantasy, and Yoko Taro hates power fantasies. It turns out they don't want to step on the robots no. with 2Bs heels. They exactly. want 2Bs heels step, to step on them. them. Exactly. Yeah. And... And that I think is is a huge part of why Near Automata has been so um, it's not only been applauded but it's also just been so successful because it's it's been something that a lot of people haven't expected and mm, yeah. Nier... you can't get away from it. It's been like a weirdly like just a success that's run away from the creators themselves. Yeah, like I I honestly don't I was not expecting Near Automata to be a success because Near was not a success. And granted, I did not play Nier at the time it came out, but... <laughs> Nier was not a success. Drakengard was not a success. Yeah, what none else? of... None well, did Yoko Taro <laughs> ever succeed in life until Nier Automata? Nier Automata. Fail to succeed, all right? 
Yeah, you can kind of see where Near Automata came if you've just followed uh, Yokotaro's career trajectory. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it makes, it's just like, what? Like, a lot of his interviews are like, they're, they're so funny because he just, he just, he's flat out saying like, I don't even know why they gave me the job. Yeah. I don't even know why <laughs> they came to me and they said, like, make a game. I'm only here because of my friends. They should be paying you guys to be playing these games. Yeah. And then at the same time, he's like, if I had more money, if I was actually making money from these games, I'd be doing something interesting, but I'm not even getting paid that much. <laughs> so I'm drinking beer a lot and being sad. And I'm just like, okay, Yoko Taro, like, there you go. That's the Yoko Taro experience. Um, his, writing, his writing style is like, it's, he, he is, uh, he's just a master of it because he'll just, he'll just say like, my secret to writing is to just drink a lot in the course of writing. And yeah. then when I wake up, just read it and cry. And weep. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly, the 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 key to making a successful video game is to be a sad alcoholic and just suck at life. Just write about that and make a game out of it, and people will really like it because it turns out maybe everyone has a bit of that secret sad Every, alcoholic. Everyone has so, just <laughs> that bit of them that sucks at life. Yes. I think it, that proves that video games are art because that's the same process to writing a great novel. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like any process of art <laughs> in general. Be a sad alcoholic. Yeah. Like, art art is created by by personal tragedy, I guess, is, yeah, just is what Yoko Taro is, is basically saying, but... Contrast it with the thing that came out the same like week as Near Automata, which is the Switch and Breath of the Wild. <laughs> oh god, yeah. And then on the other hand, I did not know that That's came a, out in the same week. Hold I mean, that close to I think. Oh yeah, like, might might have been the, the same week. These, I are don't the, like, these, these are like the two games that are like the front runners for many people's game of the year. Oh yeah, I games. I don't think oh, I could choose yeah. if I had to. Like I, Bre- I can't. like Breath of the Wild is so much more my kind of game for so many reasons. Oh yeah, no, like Breath of the yeah. Wild is obviously is definitely yeah. like a game. I feel like I was that was made for me as a as a player because I am I am that stupid player that just loves poking at things and be like. Oh, like, you know, I go into this space, like, can I climb up this? No, I can't climb up this wall. Okay, maybe if I, like, look at this, oh, this is architecture. Oh, look over there, there's, like, a dog. Wow, I want to go look at that dog. Like, it's a perfect, it's a perfect game for me. But I feel like... No dogs in uh, near. In near, uh, yeah. Zero dogs. Fatal flaw. There are, there are cute robots, though. I mean... There are, the robots are cute. This is a baby robot. Okay, (laughs) baby robots. How did you feel about Pascal, out of curiosity? Because... If, on the on the matter of of robots and characters and cute characters, I think Pascal. So Pascal's like the basically the mayor of the robot village yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, he's the leader of the village. Mm-hmm. He's the big mom. Is Pascal he? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, I like Pascal, but again, it's again. I I feel like I'm I'm having a lot of trouble articulating what about it made mm-hmm. things not like totally connect to me because it's mm-hmm. like I have nothing against Pascal. But I feel like he doesn't like things happen to him, mm-hmm. and he changes a bit, like a, a lot at the end. But I, it feels like a lot of the characters are like, like Pascal are like static and kind of interesting. And then like Yoko Taro decides to flip the sad switch, mm-hmm. right? So it's just <laughs> the like sad switch. Like Pascal's an interesting idea, mm-hmm. but he's basically just the chipper leader of the robot village mm-hmm. until he decides to die at the end well right like, you decide whether or whatever. you yeah, kill yeah. him or or i believe there is i i tried doing this i did not succeed but i believe there is a way you can leave yeah you can leave but 
I yeah, almost did. I almost, I yeah. tried to because I was like, I can't do either of these. They suck. I don't want to do anything. And I ended up sadly erasing his memories and that sucked. Yeah, I think uh, I did that too. I actually really loved Pascal. And I mean, I like him. I just, once again, I, yeah. it, it wasn't like I wasn't aware of what was going to happen to him. Like, especially having played or not played, but like no read and gone through a Yoko Taro game. I was like, P characters like this are designed for failure. But as this is going to sound so cheesy, but it, I feel like for much of Yoko Taro's games, it's much, it's more about the journey than the end result. And so watching Pascal, Pascal's breakdown was heartbreaking because I had emotionally invested in him. He was probably the most, like the character I had emotionally invested in the most in, in, in the entire game. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think that, like, I, I wish that there was more going on with him before mm -hmm. like they, he finally gets like an actual, arc at mm -hmm. the very very, very end. end but like i like he i i connected to him on some level because i think there's like an innocence there mm -hmm. that works that's like you feel like they're that actually might be one of the that's like the only character who i mm -hmm. felt anything like that toward where it was yeah. like he's the leader of this village of robots that is like you you feel like there's something like worth protecting mm -hmm. there and and that kind of works I, again i wish there was more like I think I wish they had had gone to some other phase of their characters or their story before it right. all just sort of ended. I think that brings us back to like, you know, characters that stand in for themes. Right. But right. one thing I think that I actually just remembered or that you made me think about was um, a lot of the characters are tied together by a lack of control in their lives. Right. So like mm. you said, it's clear from the get-go that the information that's been fed to these characters is very different than the act, like the reality of the situation. And the the big twist isn't necessarily the revelation that what they've been led to believe in is is false, but more or less the fact that any control that they've had over their lives or any purpose that they gave to their lives has now been deemed forfeit forfeit, right? Like to be like to be in 9S fully believed that they were designed for this grand mission to reclaim the earth. And that is never going to happen. And that kind of despair is something I feel is at least somewhat accessible for an audience because there are so many times where we feel like we don't have complete power over our own situation in real life, right? Like, I think that is one of the main reasons or the main points of emotional investment in these characters is they mm. may not have fleshed out characteristic traits. Like, you know, like they might have like the most detailed backstory, but that emotion of, of just, I, I can't do anything to change my circumstances because I don't have the power or the scope of power to, to change that is very heartbreaking. And I think that's something anyone, or at least most people can resonate with, which is why a lot of people are invested in 2B and 9S and A2, because these are all characters that fully believe that they could change or have purpose mm. in their lives. And that is taken away from them. And that is something they have to reclaim at the very end. And it, 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 they don't even reclaim it in a way. Like, I mean, Yoko Taro makes that statement that the things, if they are built back together, yeah. they could repeat those actions all over again. Um, history could very much repeat itself and lead to destruction and war. But you have to believe in changing yourself for the better, which is, once again, a message I think people can resonate with, especially um, if if you're in a... I feel like if you're in a... Not necessarily like if you're a teenager, but maybe like toward like college plus years. Um, mm. So I think that's why it's, I really It's like not it. an M-rated game. It's uh, adults only. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not E for everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's something to be said about cycles of pointlessness and even when you lose all purpose in life, you don't stop living. Right. Just like a, what a lot of those characters end up trying to deal with, and some deal with it very poorly, like 9S, and some people kind of like make some steps towards uh, maybe not even like redemption, but just kind of finding it in them to do a little better, like A2. Yeah. And I mean, how do you how do you connect or empathize with a certain another person who is going through a similar situation, right? Like I think so much of of Tubi and 9S's relationship isn't just founded upon, you know, the small moments which which do make it really nice, like, you know, like 9S learning how Tubi wants to be named or called. They're so, they're so cute. They're, it's like, they're really adorable. Nines. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's trying to he's trying to lift the situ- like lift the mood and Eventually, that does not follow so well because 2B dies and 9S kind of goes a little crazy. But there's there's just some really poignant moments in that game, especially in one of, I think, the side quest with um, where you go to Emil's first that he has the lunar flower, which I think, once again, in, in Nier, which Emil has laid out for Kane, which is the character. Yeah, it's a, it's a little tiny room, but it's yeah. so beautiful to it's, like just so finally beautiful. walk in there. And they're they're playing. They really save it for for that moment. Yeah, and they're they're playing they're playing this music, and and it's a very simple gesture, right? Like Nine S goes over and and leaves his bandana on and puts his sword in this in 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 the in the soil, and he says, you know, I'll be with you soon. And it's just like mirrors. I definitely agree. There's a lot of retreading. There's a lot of repetition, but those brief moments of humanity i feel is like what really makes up for a lot of automata shortcomings they're 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 moments of beauty and humanity that i have rarely seen in other games um granted i have not played that many games in my 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 lifetime but you're not far off uh, really like in the history of video games who who's really strived for something that isn't like just so i guess I mean, I guess Near Automata can be like a little bit over the head with some of the themes. Yeah, <laughs> but then then you've got like what could what would even be like a good example? I a lot like... of video games are not very narratively or thematically ambitious. I think that yeah. goes to that. Oh, definitely. Like I think the last game to have really touched me that much was Undertale, which is not even oh, David. <laughs> So the way the way anything. I am about Automata is the way David is. Oh about really? Retail. I'm not gonna uh, say anything. He's just gonna be like, mm. I'm, I mean, with, I'm withholding that until like people pay me for that podcast because I'm not gonna do it for free. No, that's that's totally fair. Like that's the last game I think that touched me in in such a sincere and and mm. deep way. Maybe I just don't like sincerity because actually I like Undertale, <laughs> but I mean I feel I like found, Undertale I found is a Undertale sincere game. To, I'm saying I oh. liked it, but I had similar issues with mm. it being kind of like uh, a little too blunt. Yeah, a little a little too blunt and like self-important about its themes. Mm. Okay. Kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. I like it. I mean, I like, but the things I like about Undertale are like the wacky like you know just sort of surrealist parts of it oh, i'm not necessarily super the into themes. its like themes okay yeah. no and that's fair but i think i think it can go without saying that for a lot of main big titles and video games empathy and those brief moments of humanity of poignance of loss of trying to connect and understand with another person 
isn't that's not something a lot of big yeah. games focus on um and so yeah, i think you get that in like indie games and stuff right? exactly right and and so i think near automata does a really good way like it just captures those moments extremely well um do you, do you want to move on to questions oh yes got a bunch of questions oh my god really oh yeah that's right we do we do yeah, so uh, a great way for us to get lots of questions is to ask over the course of multiple weeks for questions <laughs> much, because we much keep... Much like near, we just repeat ourselves. <laughs> That's right, because we kept we postponing the, the episode. So we have a lot of questions. We probably will not get to everybody, so I apologize for that. Sean, but I, I'm... And I, I feel like I've made my point clear on this, but I'm interested <laughs> in you too. Abscess on Twitter asks, am I the only one that was deeply disappointed by Nier Automata's ending and lack of explanation for a lot of stuff, even if one takes into account original Nier? I mean, yes, I was. I felt kind of like I was missing things, as I mentioned before. Did you two find that there was stuff that you were missing, or was it all pretty clear for you? No. Obviously, obviously uh, you both like fact, it. I didn't, even, I didn't even collect like all, all of the lore, but the bits that I did receive were pretty juicy. I think... I, I'm just not, a, I'm just not like... like I can't commit to completely 100%ing everything. So I'm not going to like try to master that ridiculous jump to get from building to building to find the porn magazine. Like I'm just not going to do it. Even for a porn magazine, David won't do it. No. I mean, I won't do it. I'm going to I don't I came into Near Automata not expecting explanations about a lot of stuff tying to Near just all. So I was fine. I once again do feel that some characters could have gotten more development. I think it's safe to say that I I wasn't playing near for really the plot as much as the characters. So mm. points not being fully explained. That said, certain characters not being explained was an issue. So for example, Adam and Adam Eve, and Eve. Uh, the random red girl. Yeah, do that not appears. know what was up with her. Like, I, <laughs> I think she's explained somewhere in like a tiny novel, but I still don't feel like that's a valid enough reason yeah. for me to like for everything to hinge on her being like existing at the very end, and then yeah, just being it's, like it's the end game stuff where there starts yeah. to be all these explanations for like the or like half explanations for the reasons why the machines are doing what they're yeah. doing, and I kind of lost track I, of it. I'm not gonna like, lie, that that yeah. was really weird. I was just like, well, okay, but like where have you been like and i know that there are like you know i played through some of the the game again and and there is there are parts where you do see her but it doesn't lend itself to any explanation about like why she was there why she was made yeah, to me this this is a classic uh i needed to go on wikipedia afterward yes game. absolutely <laughs> yeah. that that was a huge <laughs> that was a huge thing for me it was that girl and adam and eve but everything else i i i mean like it, it was pretty straightforward and i didn't have any issues with it all right, let's try to do some of these questions quick. We might be able to get through a bunch of them. At sign, Jack leveled up. How do you feel about the game's narrative structure? Did the changes in perspective change the way you felt about the characters or the game's themes? Absolutely. I think we touched on this with how mm -hmm. Nier evolves from the soundtrack to the gameplay. Like, you do the hacking, the, the asteroid kind of game, and then you, there's the point where, like, you know, the perspective shifts and you're you're all on a... I don't know what the, the word for it is, but, like, you know... Yeah. scrolling there we go yeah definitely think that lend itself a lot to was overall I agree with natasha <laughs> <laughs> in that uh, aspect i mean that is one thing I, I liked about it like i was getting fed up with playing through it multiple times but not because i didn't like 
playing mm -hmm. through it's not that i didn't like the structure of seeing things from different perspectives it was just like the gameplay itself was getting frustrating for me right but like i i think that was really interesting it's like to you know you fight a2 mm -hmm. in the first two routes and then you play as a2 and i actually think as much as i think it's a little overwrought mm -hmm. some of like the a2 versus 9s stuff mm -hmm. at the end uh, I think it's a really cool idea to have these characters be in conflict with each other. And then it's like 9S is trying to like track down and kill A2. Mm -hmm. And you're switching back and forth playing as both of them. Right. It's like an interesting idea to have two heroes who are not on the same side, who are trying to fight each other, and mm -hmm. you play as both. Both of them. Like that's a cool idea. I wish it were in a game that I enjoyed the rest of the gameplay for more. It's just like, like Game of Thrones, Evan. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is oh very similar God. to that, actually, yeah. Oh, I'd God. like to see more games try that, though, right? Like, yeah, kind of multi-perspective. Are we talking about the Telltale, tel uh, the Telltale game? I, I'm playing the Telltale game, oh, actually, right now. Yeah. I'm talking about the TV show. Yeah. The Telltale game also has multiple perspectives, yes. though, which yes, is cool. Yes, it does. Have you... Yeah. Uh, I played season? a couple. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I love. I just love to like just throw it out there. Just like compare things to Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, it's, always get the rise out of people. It's the Game of Thrones of video games. At sign, oh. definitely Jeff asks most emotional moment. Any moments that felt like they were supposed to be really emotional or were trying really hard to be but didn't land. Oh, that is basically every what? every major emotional the beat of the game, game for, for me. Oh, but, I like that question until the end. Yeah, How about that. That was my most. Uh, <laughs> emotional <laughs> moment until it didn't land uh, i think a lot of the stuff where 9s is like really angry was supposed to make me feel emotional but i was like this is silly he's just shouting all the time this angry boy what about you two devil and popola oh man that's that's devil rough. and popola i can't go this whole podcast without mentioning devil yeah, and popola. that's a hard yeah that's rough i i felt really oh, that was emotionally oh, compromising. i like that especially because was... i totally played in yokotar's hand and so from the minute the game starts like bitch they're fucking in it. Yes. They're there. They must have done they're something. Fucking, like, they're going to do it again. Yeah, and then, then Yokotaro called me out on my bullshit. I was like, God damn it, Yokotaro. So that's like that the... I, I, someone had to explain this to me afterward because mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going mm -hmm. on. It's these two characters who show up and they run a shop. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's just the characters twins, running yeah, a shop. Right. And then it turns out that there's some backstory from near that they try to explain but did not really some, make much sense to me in bit, automata so main big plot spoiler for near gestalt but devil and popola are librarians you meet in the original game and they help give you like quests in the main game and then it turns out that they are like kind of the main antagonists that you have to fight um but it's not like they're evil they were just given a purpose and they've had nothing to do like they had to there. follow it and so what they, what they are, what they are is Twin Rova. Yeah. Oh. Which is like, it's a, it's such a, don't try to sell me on it. It's such a great Zelda tie. Yeah. Where it's like, they, they're, they operate just essentially like the two, the two witches yeah. that are under uh, Ganon's control. And they have like no one but each other. So when you kill one of them, much like Adam and Eve, mm. uh, the other one kind of goes berserk. And so the fact that they're revived in this game made like everyone think like oh shit like you know they must be antagonists again <laughs> and then there's literally the entire backstory about how everyone called them out for being antagonists and they were shunned from like society right right so yeah everybody knows that they're like everybody in the game that knows them is like they know what their shit is yeah they like they <laughs> they're like your 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 predecessors from a million years ago were full of shit so you have to be full of shit so fuck you and they like throw them out and then the, you you it's a whole story script that you read right and you're I, just I like read that. i didn't really know I, what was going on that, that's totally fair i felt super guilty i was like shit 
right. Yoko Taro just got me so hard. Damn. So I think just uh, to mention this to both of you and for like listeners who haven't played the game and are curious, like, should I play the original Nier? I definitely found things like that where I where the you you know like it helps a lot to have played the original Nier, like. Devil and Popola, like the stuff around them mm-hmm. to me was like dead weight. Like I had no idea why they were there. It like it it literally mm-hmm. it I understand why people like there's a lot of cases like this in stories where people are like, well, it's 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 perfectly fine if you mm-hmm. don't know it, but it's it's even better if you do. And like in this case, I found if I if you didn't know it, it's not like perfectly fine. It's like a waste of time. And you're like, why are they well, here? The thing is like, <laughs> they're only a small part of the game. Like the, the, but you, they, they kind of seem really significant because when you like go into the Evan, tower, they're like, Evan, they're like fighting. Yeah. The it's not, it's not like, like having to watch scene. like a two hour movie mm-hmm. before, you know, going into the sequel. Yeah. It, you're playing a 50 hour long Yoko Taro game before any of that gets significant. So there's a, you got to give people leeway when they say you don't have to play it because everybody knows that near is not very fun to play no, most of the time. it's also not yeah. a very good game in terms of like near automata is the best game yoko Taro has made in terms of like cohesiveness and gameplay and it, it's it's and a ploy to a get lot. people to play yeah. automata is when they when they say like you don't have to <laughs> yeah. play play near we we've been playing you all along okay all right well that makes me feel a little better at least i do uh, think <laughs> like there i've met so i've Met so many people who have played Near Automata have gone back to play Near Just Thought. Right. And it's, so it could just be me. I'm probably going to get yelled at in this podcast by listeners for Everyone's not having the right opinions about you. this game. Yeah. You're going to be kicked out from your own podcast. I'll probably actually. cut out a yeah. bunch of the stuff where I hated on it. Yeah. <laughs> for time. But then, then, yeah. Evan could not be present during this podcast because right. his opinions were he just had bad. bad opinions. He just had bad opinions. All right. At sign Rex Tyne on. Twitter uh, asks if you don't like bullet hell gameplay, is that a deal breaker with Automata? Uh, No, I don't like bullet hell, and I still played. Really? Okay, for me, I would say maybe. Like, depends on how much you don't like it. I like shooters, but not bullet hell, so I was able to like sort of Mm -hmm. get through it, but I was not so slow. I mean, there is the option where you the bullets move slow in bullet hell. That's how bullet hell games work. So there is the you have the three axes to to move on. Sure. I it wasn't necessarily that it was hard, but I I don't find bullet hell games super fun. And I don't either. I I was not having a ton of fun with it. He's you're getting hand hand motion gestures right now. Yeah. Um, The good thing, I think, honestly, is. If you don't like bullet hell, which is, this is actually my fault. I did not like the bullet hell so much that I just refused to do it half the time with 9S. So I had a harder time in defeating the enemies, but you can do it. The only problem is that, major spoiler alert, in ending E, when you have to actually do bullet right. hell, it sucks. Because you have no fucking clue what you're doing. And that caught me out a lot because I didn't do the bullet hell during 9S's Man. route. So some some of you kids need to play more shooting games. No. You didn't play any Galaga? No. No Gradius? No. No Dodonpachi? Actually, no. David, no David, no. I like I said before I like shooters. I don't like bullet hell specifically. I don't okay. really like Golden shooters. Goldeneye does not count. No, I'm Halo talking about Gradius. I like Gradius. I like Galaga. They're different from bullet hell. Bullet hell is a, has a particular thing of like these blankets of patterned, slow moving bullets that you have to like maneuver between in a way that's like not the same as playing Gradius. I don't like bullet hell games specifically. 
Despite the fact that right, in well, that we're gonna take in it. that class we took in college, I made a game called Bullet Hell, but it wasn't. We're gonna a take Bullet you Hell to game. cave school, okay? We're gonna we're gonna go through Mushihime Sama, uh, every version of Don Pachi that's ever existed. Okay, we're just gonna go through the list. Get ready for the Bullet Hell episode, folks. Uh, we got a question from at sign Wendy Go. Between the cast of Nier and Nier Automata, who is your favorite character and why is it Kane? It's it's Kane. <laughs> it's Kane. I'm I completely agree. Kane. Uh, Kane. 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 Uh, she's she's the best. I personally think she's just yeah, she's the best. Don't know uh, who that is. She is she's from the really original good. Nier. She actually has she's, one of the best character developments in the whole near universe. She's, I think. she's got that line once you like pop the game in. Oh, something like you're at, you asshole. She just curses you at you. Fucking asshole. <laughs> oh wait, wait, what's the book's name? Oh, Grimoire, Grimoire, Grimoire. Reese? Wise, wise, wise. Wise, you fucking dumbass. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> wise is she's my a favorite very character. Angry. She's like a so. The, spoiler alert. Um, it is. <laughs> It is hinted, I believe, that A2 was actually based off of um, Kane. 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 I don't know. I, I read I read through the I just said I Kane, all right? <laughs> Kane. All right, I'm going to say my favorite character. I mean, I, I mentioned I like, I like Pascal well enough. Uh, but no, my favorite character is the Yoko Taro stand-in who tells you the instructions in the oh. village, yeah, in the camp or whatever. Yeah. Or the, the lady. The, yeah. I like that first one. She's like sitting down in the chair mm. and she's wearing... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, but she's not like wearing the Emil thing, but it's similar to that. It's she's similar. wearing like the robot head. And she's just like, why are you asking me the instructions of this game? Yeah, so I'm into that. This is a good one. This is this is very Annie Gamers here. At sign Doc Glendale, if a side mission were to be animated, what side mission would you want it to oh, be? And gosh. what studio, easy mode, dead studios are alive in this hypothetical? <laughs> oh, and uh, he also, he, she, I think it's a he, uh, said... My easy answer is Kara during the opera fight, and goofy answer is Trigger for the robot dojo dojo fights. fights. Honest answer is DreamWorks Claymation for the mackerel mission. (laughs) DreamWorks doesn't do Claymation, do they? I I don't know, actually. (laughs) Maybe they used to. Yeah, I had a whole discussion about this with someone before, but about why Nier Automata would not be a good anime, like and how so much of it it could not be translated because of, of the way it a lot of it weighs upon you know the, the narrative and the the game choices you make but that set aside uh studio i don't know i'm gonna have to think about this one does anyone have i got answers? An, i got go, an easy response go for it okay so we'll get studio shaft to do the non-side mission which is the suicide robots oh the, yeah like the three the three like, like wise wise robots that that kill themselves <laughs> Because it's essentially like you could just do one frame. It's just a frame, like a shot from behind. The only thing that would just change is their perspective. You don't even have to change the robot. You could just have. It was just. It's just like three backgrounds and a foreground of a robot, and all it is. All it is is just like the usual Shaft voice actors <gasps> oh reading God. off the scripts. Wait, but I was gonna say you could. You could literally just take the like. What's it? Episode nine of Paranoia Agent. And just reskin it to be the three robots instead. Like the episode about the three people on the, with like the suicide oh, pack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. My, my cheap answer is orange. And it's just Hoseki no Kuni or Land of the Lustrous, but with Nier Automata. 
Cause that's it. That's it. Okay. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to take a main mission. I think it would be cool to get some like madhouse, like putting together like the one punch man crew, or it could be bones actually. And like, mm. you know, like mob psycho crew kind of people, uh, animating Nakamura. like the fight with, uh, with like all three of them where it's like 2B and 9S fighting oh. A2. That'd be like a cool fight to see. Animated. I would totally be down for you talking Nakamura doing right. the Adam fight or the one with the rocks because that'd be just a lot of like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, would just... <laughs> he would just do uniform cubes all fucking day long. I would think that'd be amazing. So I'm. I, that's my. That's, that's my extremely take. him. Yeah, the yeah. fight with the rocks at the end. Yes. I wonder who would be a good studio for like the uh, the the bit where Two B is like breaking down because she's infected with the virus and she's doing the slow crawl. Oh. Hmm. That's a really good. Yeah, who would be a good? Well, maybe, maybe like uh... Kyoto Animation. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Whoa, man! I don't know if they could pull off the. Yeah, it's a little too sentimental Evan, for Evan this just game. Evan me out of the room. It's like get out. I guess UFO table. Oh yeah, actually UFO, UFO table, table would, would work for the whole good. thing. Yeah, probably UFO table yeah. would be really good. Uh, okay, we have everybody's favorite Twitter personality at sign Hazukari. <laughs> Uh, after beating Nier Automata, how much do you regret being horny for 2B? You can't One. regret what you've never done. Zero. No right. regrets. No regrets. All right, cool. Uh, at sign when... Does Pascal fuck? Yeah, at... <laughs> hey, you spoiled it. At sign Wendigo <laughs> does in fact ask, uh, does Pascal fuck? I say no. No. I don't think they know what fuck is. Yeah, they don't know what fuck is. That's the one human thing they haven't figured fuck. out yeah. yet. Well, no, because they they made... Oh wait, Adam the robots. Yeah, they did fuck. So I guess they kind but of. But Pascal doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Pascal wouldn't. They they just excluded Pascal yeah. from the uh, distribution of information yeah. r- pertaining to the uh, how to fuck. To fuck. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Very important question <laughs> that is because <laughs> Natasha oh. is here, uh, and you, you remember you are talking to two uh, at least uh, close mm. to being New York right. City people. Mm. Uh, mm. At sign Vestinet asks, who would be more likely to order a pineapple pizza, 2B or 9S? Uh, 9S would order it, and they would both enjoy it because they both have good taste. I think 9S would order it as a joke. No. 9S is a joke. 9S would want to experience pineapple pizza because humanity in their last moments mentioned that pineapple pizza was one of humanity's greatest (laughs) creations. And so he found it. Wow, so, like, so in the post-apocalypse, California yeah. was the only thing left. <laughs> you can't even, like, buy that garbage in New York. Like, yeah. I've just it, it been exists. to pizzerias, and you, like, look it's for like it. It's, like, in, in you, beautiful... Like, not to order it. You don't, like, look for it to order it. You just look to see if, like, it's there. And then you can judge the entire joint based on the presence no, of No, you can say, there. wow, five-star restaurant, because they have the ambition and the creativity to combine pineapple, a delicious, delicious fruit, with pizza, a very delicious meal. And you just get, like, even more deliciousness. Like, I I think that's what 9S would do. He's, he would be like, oh, this was humanity's one of the greatest creations. Like, we should make a pineapple pizza. And- wow. For the record... And we're totally, like, cutting so much of this, aren't we? Yeah, for the record, I want to let the listeners know that, that Natasha and I are on the same mic, but if she were on a separate mic, I would have cut her mic no, no, a while ago. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I think that's harassment, and uh, number number two, that that question is is legitimate. So that's my answer. Yeah, I think it's, it's no. a very serious question. Unacceptable. At sign, Look at my hat. At it's s- like my hat yeah, is like just- David is wearing a Yankees hat right now. That's extremely <laughs> New York culture. All right. 
Maybe respect I just need our to go New, to York New York culture. Maybe I need to go to New York and introduce pineapple pizza to New York. Maybe that needs to be like my they, mission. New York has been introduced to pineapple pizza and has found it wanting. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> all right. All right. We got one last question from a longtime listener at sign. And Nazel, it is not related to near. We had to mix it up a little bit here, uh, but it's one for you, Natasha. But Natasha, I need to know, would you rather spend an eternity as a vampire with Marceline or as a gem with Foss? Is Marceline like the Adventure Time thing? Yeah, she's, okay. she's the, vampire the vampire rock star queen okay. girl. I would say Marceline because she's really hot. And I've been gay for Marceline for like ages. Whereas Foss is, Foss is great, but Foss is also really sad. And I'm very oh, no. concerned about Foss's future um, as a fellow watcher of Land of the Lustrous because... Uh, it's only been like what, like ten episodes, and Foss has changed a lot. And I don't know how I would feel with about eternity, because like if it's just been ten episodes, I I don't even know how much of, of a time span that is. It's probably like what, like a couple months. I don't know what eternity is going to do to Foss. So uh, I'm going to say Marceline. Um, but I wish Foss all the best on their journey. Uh, you're a good gem. Please don't change too much. Please stop breaking yourself. It's very disconcerting. All right. Cool. That is it Ooh, for our fairly long near episode. We finally <laughs> recorded it. I'm sure nothing will possibly go wrong right before we, we finish. finish recording. Mm-hmm. A question for the show. It could be about anything you want in the whole wide world. We might not necessarily answer it if it's bad, but please send it in. Uh, you can email us at podcast at anygamers.com. And you can also send us questions or any other things you want to say to us, or you can just follow us on Twitter. I am at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. At sign Q-X-2-0-X-X. I-L-L-E-G-E-N-E-S on Twitter. And you can follow AnnieGamers at sign AnnieGamers, one word. On Mastodon, decentralized social network, occasionally posting. Twitter is a hell site. Please go to Mastodon. Uh, I am Vamptvo at Mastodon.social. Q-X-X at sign Caro.CCSakura.JP. And you can find more information about this show on anygamers.com slash podcast. We have show notes and comment threads and download links and all that good stuff. And we also have info there about Old Taku No Radio, our sister show. We republish them in our feed, but you can also follow them separately. We might be doing a joint show with them soon, so keep your ears out for that. And you can subscribe (laughs) to the Anygamers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, google music and we appreciate reviews on itunes and stitcher that's how people find out about the show if you like the show please tell people about it yes please be high please oh, yeah man. i forgot we want to i forgot renew. to take my medication before doing the stupid to remind people we've got to renew that promise that it's a really good pot people might be like their first episode so just to remind remind you someone said that it's a great podcast to listen to while you're high and we were very excited to hear that so please uh, get high, listen to the show, and leave us an iTunes review while you're still high, and we will read it on the show. Uh, our offer still stands. The offer stands. Time. That's right. Uh, also, you can read our articles on AnnieGamers.com. It's a website. It has words on it. Otaku USA Magazine. And I just did an interview that I forgot to promote in the last episode. Uh, back in November, I did an interview for Crunchyroll News with Fred Schott, the longtime translator and guy who was friends with Osamu Tezuka 
uh, about Tezuka and about his uh, the book he translated about Tezuka's life, the, the manga called the Osamu Tezuka story. And that was a really fascinating, like hour long interview, published the whole transcript up on Crunchyroll and hopefully some other stuff coming soon as well that I've been working on writing and check out my sporadically updated anime burger themed blog, animeburgertime.tumblr.com. David at qx20xx.tumblr.com, I guess. There's words there, too. Great. And Natasha, where can people find you? And on Twitter as Illogenes. Uh, my blog, shibirudaro.wordpress.com. That is really long and has a lot of R's, so... Um, we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll probably yeah. link it. It's probably better. Uh, link, yeah. Um, and uh, you can find some of my Crunchyroll articles on crunchyroll.com. it for the episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show natasha and to everybody for listening we will see you maybe not in two weeks because like the holidays are coming up but we'll see david and i wanted to try to record an in-person show but we'll see if that actually works out so with that i think we can all agree glory to humanity yes glory to humanity yes, it, it's felt like i've been carrying the weight of the world <laughs> and now the weight is lifted So now, uh, David, keep the, keep the cam... David? David, keep the camera on Zelda. We are going to commentate on your Zelda playing. Yeah. You have Let's look at your costume. What does yeah. your costume look you like, have? David? We're going to tell the people thing. what you got. Look look at this garbage that they gave me. A Nintendo Switch What? Shirt? I didn't get that. Yeah, why? What? I would never wear that, but... <laughs> yeah. Where the heck did you get that? You have to pick it up at the, um, at the beginning of the game. There's like three chests that are hidden. Oh. What? By like by the shrine. I didn't like the. Yeah. So, I want a. I want to wear an ugly wanna, Nintendo Switch shirt. Okay, so so the, the Nintendo Switch shirt is is just like real swag shirts. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like I really really want one so I can put it in my dresser and never wear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> thing. <laughs>